We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in partnership with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, Justin Mello. And we looked a little bit like fools because (laughs) as soon as we finished taping our last podcast in which we said that the Titans would likely be hiring somebody playing in the Super Bowl to be their new offensive coordinator. We were all over the Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy train. The Titans announced a number of staff, I guess, changes, finalizations. Like They have made the decisions on all the positions that we were waiting for, and we're going to talk about them today. We're maybe a little late to the party, but we're going to be we're going to react to it. You know, we're not breaking the news. We are reacting to news from a week ago. Justin, how's it going? Doing well. Yeah, as you said, I think we could be honest with our listeners. This episode may be a little late up to the party for them, but there's no way we cannot cover this, right? Like this is this is a huge deal all across the board, especially at offensive coordinator, one we've been waiting for since they fired um Todd Downing. So who by the way uh, got a new job as a passing game coordinator for the New Hold York that thought because I have I will get to that in a bit. Um <laughs> let's start with the, you know, I'm just gonna run through the list. Everything that has happened, um you know, since our last taping in terms of announcements from the team, and then we'll go through one by one and break it down. So starting with obviously the biggest hire, which is offensive coordinator, the Titans decided to promote or elevate Tim Kelly, who was last year the passing game coordinator who worked a lot with the tight ends in practice. Uh, Mike Vrabel said last year he had a lot of input in the first and second down play design, which what does that mean? He's just designing runs up the middle for Derrick Henry. Ha ha, <laughs> just kidding. We're going to get into it. So Tim Kelly, offensive coordinator. In addition, Charles London, who was rumored to be in the mix, interviewed for offensive coordinator, has been hired as the pass game coordinator and the quarterbacks coach. Chris Harris, who we talked a lot about, had a lot of interest from you know a handful of teams, four or five teams around the league in their defensive coordinator role. He has been hired officially, finally, as the Titans' defensive pass game coordinator and the cornerbacks coach. Last week, we touched on Lori Locust being hired as a defensive quality control coach. They also hired Justin Hamilton as a defensive quality control coach. And then they did a lot of shuffling uh, with guys that were already on staff. Jason Hulating is the new team's offensive line coach. He uh, replaced Keith Carter, of course, who was let go and is now with the Jets as well. Uh, Luke Steckel, who also had some offensive coordinator interviews, has been promoted from tight ends coach to run game analyst. So that's a cool title, I guess. I don't know how much. Obviously, he's not going to work with the tight ends as much now, but he, uh, how much run design will he have a say in? He's not the offensive line coach, so we'll see where that shakes out. We'll probably never really know his role, but Luke Steckel retained as a, a rising offensive mind in the league to be the run game analyst. Pat O'Hara, who was the quarterback's coach since Mike Vrabel was hired, is now the team's passing game analyst. And Tony Dews has switched around. He was the running back's coach since Vrabel got to Tennessee. He's now the tight ends coach, replacing Luke Steckel, who replaced Todd Downing, who replaced Arthur Smith. So a little bit of an offensive coordinator pipeline through that tight end coach role, which is interesting to note. 
Um, so those are all the changes that were announced. I think we should go through them one by one, obviously starting with the big one, which was Tim Kelly. A lot of reaction on Twitter. I think a lot of people were disappointed or maybe anti. it was an anticlimactic hire because we waited all this time, really expected the Titans to go outside the organization with this one because if they were just going to hire Tim Kelly, why didn't they do it You know, a month ago? But they decide to announce all these hires at once, I think, maybe is the reason we didn't know about Tim Kelly. But what was your instant reaction, and what are your thoughts on how the offense could look next season? Yeah, I mean, number one, you touched on it, but I want to own it as well, right? I said on here a week ago, you know, half-heartedly, jokingly, that it's going to be Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy. We weren't claiming to have any sources on this. Uh, Titans did a great job keeping this close to the chest. I certainly thought indications pointed that way based on how long this was taking, right? We knew they had interest in in both Biennemi and Nagy. It was reported a month ago, and here they are not hiring anyone for a month, and those guys are still competing for a Super Bowl. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, so it really was pointing that way, right? So it was, it was a shock to me that it took this long um, to name Tim Kelly offensive coordinator, as you said, con- considering he was already on their staff. Um, when I look back on it now, and look, hindsight is twenty twenty. I would assume the reason this took this long is one of two reasons or potentially a combination of both. It's that they did want to speak to as many candidates as possible. And Mike Vrabel went on radio and said that he spoke to, I think, six or seven candidates at length. That obviously came as a bit of a shock because we didn't we didn't hear anybody. I don't think right outside of um, outside of, of course, Tim Kelly, Charles London, who we'll get to in, in a minute. And then I, I don't even know if Biennemi and Nagy qualify for those six or seven because we don't know that they officially interviewed either of those guys. I, actually, we know that they did not interview Biennemi because Biennemi actually said during Super Bowl week that he's done one interview the entire time and it was to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He said he had not interviewed for any other job. Um, so it probably didn't interview Nagy either, right? So I don't know who these six or seven people are that Frabel spoke with, but he does say he spoke to six or seven different people. So I, I got a little long-winded there, but that's option one, that they you know they, they did their due diligence speaking to a bunch of people. Option two, why maybe this took so long, is um, knowing how Titans operate, how they operate from a PR perspective and everybody else, they love putting out one tweet with every position filled, right? And that's what they did here. They put out one tweet and said, here are the eight or nine hires or you know job-changing titles that we've done. Um, I think they love that. So perhaps Vrabel was waiting to finalize all of that stuff before announcing who offensive coordinator was. By the way, I found it really funny that they did that, yet they threw in the press release that they still have to hire a running backs coach. Like, oh, they, they, they right. hired every other job, but they don't have a running backs coach right now. And they actually said in the release uh, that you know, they now have to hire a new running backs coach. I thought that was funny that he hired passing game analysts, run game analysts, all kind of titles, but no running back coach yet. So right. hindsight 2020, I imagine it's one of those two things, which is why this took so long to name Tim Kelly and, and why we were all kind of caught off guard by this. So were you, what was your, as a fan reaction, were you bummed out that it ended up being an internal promotion as opposed to going outside the organization? And do you think that will affect what the offense looks like next year? Like how much was Tim Kelly doing what Todd Downing and Mike Vrabel wanted versus running things that, you know, we, we, or how much do you think he'll run things next year that we didn't see this past season, I guess? I do think it'll be it'll be fairly different, right? I think one important thing to note, and I mean, Titans fans are smart. I saw a lot of this being noted on Twitter. Um, he's not from the Shanahan-McVay coaching tree, 
right? He's never really run this zone-based offensive scheme that the Titans have been running for, what, four years straight now, I think, or four or five even. I think five, four. Yeah. Five, five, yeah. Five, yeah, geez, five. Two, two, was it two or one with LaFleur? One, one with LaFleur, two with Smith, two with two Art with Smith, two with Todd Downing, yep. Yeah, so five years now they've been running this. The whole time Vrabel's been in charge, right? They've run this zone-based scheme. That's not what Tim Kelly comes from. That's not what he ran in Houston. He he worked under Bill O'Brien there for a long time. Bill O'Brien doesn't run that, right? So um, so it will be interesting to see how much influence he gets to have. And I, I thought Mike Vrabel said some interesting things in relation to that. And I thought it was a fair assessment. Not every Titans fan might agree. But Vrabel <laughs> said, look, not everything we do or did on offense was broken. Like, we don't need to change everything but we do need new ideas and and I think that's right because I, I I'm look maybe I'm stuck in my ways or I'm, I'm, I'm they're stuck in their ways too but I do think the zone based scheme can be successful we've seen it be successful we've seen San Fran have a lot of success with it to this day right with with quarterbacks coming in and out of the lineup and the Rams obviously won a Super Bowl a year ago with, with this scheme so no I don't think the Titans have to completely reinvent the wheel but I do think Tim Kelly can come in and, and, and implement some fresh perspectives and maybe make them a, a, a bit more unpredictable, maybe a bit more multiple, um, which I think is a good thing on the offensive side of the ball. That's, that is one thing I'll be monitoring because you get the impression from that press conference that, and, and it, I guess it goes without saying because he's been essentially running it for five years, but that Vrabel's a fan of this offensive system. Yeah. He believes in it. He thinks it works. He thinks it's the right system for them. So I I will be interested to see how much leeway Tim Kelly gets to get away from it at times. Um, and, and to answer the first part of your question, you, you wanted to know how I felt even as a fan of the team. Um, I can understand why people felt it was a little uninspiring and not overly exciting. Look, anytime you're going to promote from within and the offense was terrible the year before, very few people are going to be waving around pom-poms. That's just not the way fan bases work. And I get why you would feel that way. And I probably felt that way a, a little bit when I first, you know, when the news broke, certainly it was like, oh, really? This is okay. It's underwhelming. Yes, certainly. And I think that's fair, right? To have another, but then again, it doesn't always mean it's it's going to be bad, right? Like you're you're just always as a fan chasing that excitement, right? Chasing that newness because newness. What are they? Every time a new football season starts, what's the, what do they say? Hope springs eternal, right? Everyone starts zero and zero. It's almost the same, right? You get that element of excitement, that unknown, right? What's the Family Guy episode? Why have a boat when you could have the mystery box? Because it could be a boat in the mystery box, right? Like right. that's that that's what it is, right? I think when you're hiring someone from outside the organization. But when you I, I think for me, and I felt that way for maybe two minutes, in all honesty, right? When you kind of start removing that from it and you start analyzing it. I can see this thing going both ways and it. Like I, I, I almost say that with every single coach in the league in all honesty. And it, it, it's a little boring, but I can see Tim Kelly having a lot of success. I can see Tim Kelly not having success. It probably depends on the players he'll be coaching, right? In all honesty and the, the talent that they give him at his disposal. Cause you know what, when he was in Houston and he had Deshaun Watson at, at, at playing at his highest level and they had weapons in the passing game, I thought Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly was a pretty damn good offensive coordinator, right? For those, it certainly felt that way. And then when Watson got removed from that situation, and Tim Kelly, they they gave him basically, you know, lemons and asked him to make lemonade when they drafted Davis Mills in like the what was it third or fourth round, and he was forced to start him as a rookie. And let's be honest, they were tanking. 
It didn't look so good. I don't know what the hell Tim Kelly's supposed to do in that situation. I don't know how he's supposed to salvage that. It was so bad. He can't salvage it. No one can. It's not realistic. So uh, I think Tim Kelly is probably a fine offensive coordinator. I don't think it's a bad hire. I think what's most important is how much leeway they give him to implement his ideas and above all, what type of players they're about to give him. Yeah, and I think to the to the point of what can Tim Kelly bring and what was working before is the Titans, obviously they've had a pretty dang good running game, even under Todd Downing. And even last season when the things weren't going great, like Derrick Henry had 100-yard touchdown, multiple touchdown games. The Titans just kept losing those games because they weren't scoring in the second half. They weren't, you know, they just weren't scoring enough points in general, but it wasn't all bad. I think more so than the scheme was just the situational play calling that Todd Downing wasn't necessarily great at. And we talked through a lot of that when he was like, oh, so we're not going to rehash it. But that's an area that Tim Kelly can bring improvement to is just being having a better feel for the game. And Mike Vrabel said that he thinks Tim Kelly has a great feel as a play caller. Another element is when Deshaun Watson was the quarterback of the Texans, they were near the tops of the league in explosive passing plays. And the Titans have lacked so much in explosive passing plays. And of course, the the Texans had DeAndre Hopkins and then they had, you know, Brandon Cooks and they've had guys that can make plays downfield that the Titans necessarily might, might not necessarily have. But I think Traylon Burks, we saw towards the end of the season is a guy that can make those types of plays. And if Tim Kelly can put him in a better position and Ryan Tannehill and the whole offense in a better position to make those plays happen down the field, that would be a huge boon to this offense that, you know, the biggest problem was they lacked those explosive plays and you, you score more points. You can have a 40 yard catch that's worth three points. If the drive stalls out after that, and the Titans didn't have enough of those plays at all uh, the last couple seasons, really. So I think that those are huge elements. And one last thing on Tim Kelly, from my perspective, before I turn it back to you is Mike Vrabel said that Ryan, he talked to Ryan Tannehill about this move. He didn't necessarily say, Hey, Ryan Tannehill, who would you like to be the offensive coordinator? But he said he talked to Ryan about it and that Tannehill was excited about this move, which we're going to get into after we finish all this staff talk. We're going to talk about some rumors swirling from Ian Rappaport about potential free agent quarterbacks out there. But it makes it sound a lot like the Titans are planning to roll again with Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll touch on this and give our thoughts later. But I don't know why Mike Vrabel would even bring that up if – they, or even talk to Tannehill right now during this time of year when the roster is uncertain and he could potentially, in a theoretical world, be traded. I just don't see that you know that they would bring this up and talk to Ryan Tannehill about it if their plan was to move on from him. So I think we learned a lot about a lot here, but the fact that Tim Kelly and Ryan Tannehill's mentioned makes me think they're going to roll with Tannehill and that I think he can bring some of that explosive element that has been missing from the offense. I won't get too much into Tannehill, but I will say I'm not as convinced as you are. Um, I think this is a a cutthroat business, and I think the way the Titans operate, um, it wouldn't shock me if there was a universe where they treat Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback as long as he is their starting quarterback. But it doesn't mean they're not um, potentially looking at alternative uh, routes and and wouldn't pull the trigger on something if they felt it was the best interest of the team. I think... uh, that's how I think most NFL teams. I always think of the Arizona Cardinals saying Josh Rosen's their quarterback, right? Yeah. <laughs> they have that number one pick in the draft and they draft Kyler Murray anyway, right? So, um, but w- one thing I liked what you said there was situational play calling. And I- I'd be stunned, in all honesty, if Tim Kelly wasn't a better situational play caller than Todd Downing was, mostly because of how bad Todd Downing was, right, in those situations. So I'd be stunned if they didn't upgrade there. You don't got to look very far. You look to the Super Bowl 
How about those plays? Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy called in the second half, right? The bringing their receivers in motion, uh, causing uh, miscommunication in Philadelphia secondary in the red zone, creating those. I mean, the easiest touchdowns you'll ever see, right? The toss to Kadarius Tony, and then doing it again. They just flipped the field and did it again, right? Exact same exact play, essentially. The Sky Moore uh, on the very next drive, I believe it was, right? So, um, and Mahomes said that he thought Sky Moore was going to be on the other side of the field, but he was so wide open on the side that he ended up being that it didn't even matter, you know. So, like that, when you right. drop a so, good play and you call it at the right time, good things can happen. I don't think the Titans had nearly enough of that. No, they had almost none of it in all in all honesty. <laughs> so uh, that's a good point. It, it, and yes, look, it, it, it certainly helps when you got a Patrick Mahomes and you got everyone that they have. But that it didn't matter on those plays in particularly, really, who was that quarterback, right? It's just it's such a good play call. It's such a good design to create miscommunication in the secondary, right? That's an example of the difference that play calling can make even when not taking the players into account, the players who are executing those play calls. So hopefully the Titans got better um, with Tim Kelly at offensive coordinator. Again, it's almost impossible that they don't, but will it be good enough? I think that's, you know, obviously the question that we need to wait to get an answer to now. Right. And um, with that, I think we should move on to the guy who will be supposedly coordinating the passing game. And that's Charles London, who was most recently the quarterback's coach with the Falcons. So if the Titans do intend on sticking with this, you know, offensive scheme or at least elements of it, London was will be pretty well versed after working under Arthur Smith the last couple of years. I don't know too much about him uh, in his philosophies, you know, as a coach other than the fact that he seems to be pretty highly regarded as an up-and-coming mind around the league. Um, what do you think about the Charles London hire now that it's official? Yeah, I, I think this is the one that probably garnered the most excitement. Actually, I should say second most excitement, I'll, I'll say, out of me, uh, from me, out of all the hires they made because they interviewed this guy to be their offensive coordinator. So anytime you interview someone to be offensive coordinator, he doesn't get that job but he still takes another job on your staff. You've got to chalk that up as a W, right? Like that's a huge win for you. Reminds me, and everyone will think the same, when they interviewed Matt LaFleur to be their head coach and they got him as their offensive coordinator. Like that's a win for the franchise, right? And and London, you, you talked about working under Arthur Smith last year. That's great, of course, for the familiarity with the current scheme. But keep in mind, he also worked with Tim Kelly, I believe, in Houston, right? He was the running backs coach for the Texans when Mike Vrabel was the uh, linebackers coach and D coordinator there. So Charles London is well-versed in, in many schemes, including what Tim Kelly knows best from his Houston days. So I think you're getting the best of both worlds where he knows what Tim Kelly's done in the past. And he also knows uh, essentially what the Titans do because it's what Arthur Smith does, right? And he worked under Arthur Smith in 2021. London London's had multiple OC interviews over the years. It wasn't just with the Titans this year. Sean McVay, I believe, interviewed him once upon a time for the Rams opening. Mike McDaniel interviewed him this past year in Miami. And again, those guys run the same, very similar scheme to what the Titans are running. So he obviously knows his stuff. And the fact that he even landed those interviews with a coach like Sean McVay, with a coach like Mike McDaniel, who I, I do have a lot of respect for, and the fact that he was plucked by Arthur Smith. At, Smith had never worked with him before, right? But Smith hired him immediately. Those are all really good coaches, in my opinion. They all think very highly of Charles London, clearly, right? And to even right. consider him on a short list. I, I, I know he didn't get any of those jobs, but I don't think that's necessarily uh, an indication of how Sean McVay feels about Charles London. So I think that's a, a, a big hire for them. Uh, passing game coordinator, very interesting. And is he, quarter, no, is he quarterback's coach quarterbacks. as well? He is. Yep. 
very, yep. very interesting there to replace Pat O'Hara in that role. I'll touch on O'Hara quickly because I don't think we need to, you know, go through him uh, t- too much individually. Um, Mike Vrabel showing some innovation in, to a degree, or at least a, a willingness to change up his format. He didn't apply a he, sorry. He didn't employ a passing game coordinator until last year. Now he's got a passing game coordinator and a passing game analyst on the same staff. Certainly interesting, and I I applaud his willingness um, to, to to switch it up and, and and travel down a different path, and always looking for ways to improve the team and improve your your coaching staff. So I do think that's interesting. But I I, I was more excited to summarize about the Charles London hire, I think, than the Tim Kelly one per se, because again, I think anytime you're getting a guy like that on your staff that you potentially thought about for a bigger position, that's a huge W in my opinion. And I also think it's important that all these Titans fans out there who wanted a Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy or anyone that didn't already work for the Titans, like you got him. He's not calling the plays, but he's going to be heavily involved in designing the, the concepts of the offense, especially the passing concepts, which obviously need more improvement than any other area of the team. So like Titans fans, you get almost, I would say the best of both worlds. You get to retain scheme or at least coach familiarity and you get to implement and bring in new outside ideas. Absolutely. And that's why that's, you know, you, you said it there, right? That's why I think Charles London is a home run hire for Mike Vrabel. So let's go quickly through the rest of the offense here. Tony Dews will be the tight ends coach. Um, that's cool. You know, he was the running backs coach. Now he's a tight ends coach. This is a guy that's maybe bolstering his own resume in terms of being able to say he's done. He's worked with all these different areas of the offense and maybe one day he'll be an offensive coordinator, whether in Tennessee or somewhere else. Uh, Luke Steckel, similar idea to what we were talking about with, with uh, Charles London in that, you know, he's a guy that went out for office coordinator interviews. He's now not just working with a position group in the tight ends, but he's a run game analyst. So he'll, you know, if the Titans do decide or plan to, to start running more power concepts or gap concepts and get a little bit away from the outside zone, inside zone, or just to ha- have the ability to mix it up, he's a guy that's going to be, you know, designing those kinds of concepts and probably looking at ways to attack the opposing defenses every week. And I think maybe one thing that we might be underrating here with these new analyst roles with Pat O'Hara too, is what, what is an analyst compared to a coordinator compared to a pass game coordinator? Like, I don't really know for sure. We don't know what these titles necessarily mean, but my impression or my guess would be that this has to do with analyzing what the opposing defense does and finding ways to attack those weaknesses, which I don't think the Titans have done a, even a good job. I think they've done a terrible job, honestly, since Mike Vrabel took over of being a team that exploits opponents weaknesses. They're a team that runs their system. They're going to give it to Derrick Henry. They're going to run play action off of that, but let's find some mismatches. Let's find like you were just talking about with the chiefs, um, being able to confuse the, the Philadelphia secondary and the linebackers in the middle of the field with, with these motions in the backfield and finding a weakness that they saw from week four of this past season, that this is something that the Eagles are weak against. We're going to run it to death until they decide they can stop it or show us they can stop it. I think that that might be maybe at least partially the responsibility of these new analyst roles. I think you know, it, it's tough for me to say, right? I'd, I'd be speculating a little, but I, I do think these are all good offensive minds, bright minds. So I think when you get a Tim Kelly together with um, – a Tony Dews, a Luke Steckel, a Charles London, a Pat O'Hara. I think you got, yeah, it's a lot of voices, but 
uh, there will be clear, you know, clear delegation of roles as there is. And, and I think it's a good thing when you have that uh, much collaboration, especially with all these guys who are fairly familiar with one another. Again, with Dews and O'Hara being on staff for so long, Kelly being here last year, Kelly knowing Charles London from a previous stop, Mike Vrabel knowing both of those guys from time in Houston together. So I think that's all a, v- a very good thing. And I, and I think Vrabel has set this up the right way. I'll comment on Tony Dews quickly, um, switching roles to tight end. I saw some people... Uh, raise eyebrows you probably know by now he played tight end in college played it for like four years at liberty so tony dews knows tight end right <laughs> the first yeah. thing he knew right when he was really getting involved in football so i, I don't worry about him he's coached already right? he coached it at central michigan about 15 years ago then he coached it at university of pittsburgh as well in 2011 so that's a pretty high level school right to be coaching tight ends at so he's coached wide receivers he's coached Everything on offense, essentially, uh, besides quarterback. So I think I actually liked this move. I thought it was underrated because uh, he's been the running back coach for a long time. I think it's a good idea. Maybe it's getting a little stale. You know, how, how, how much more can he preach to Derrick Henry? What can he teach Derrick Henry that he hasn't already? What can he tell Derrick Henry that he hasn't already? So I don't, we see big organizations, big companies do this all the time, right? Switch things around before it gets stale. You never want it to reach that point. He's well-versed to coach tight ends. That's not going to be a problem for him. He's got a big job now with, you know, Chigaquanquo and potentially other young tight ends or free agents coming into that room this offseason. Uh, and I'm excited for them to get a new running backs coach and, and see what that's like and, and bring in a fresh voice into that room for a Derrick Henry, for a Hassan Haskins, for a, a Julius Chestnut and, and guys of that nature. And I'm very curious who that will be. I wrote an article, uh, Pure Speculation, trying to connect some dots. Tough to find candidates in all honesty that Mike Vrabel's worked with. Sean Ryan is a guy that I thought um, they might look at. He he was a quarterback's coach, uh, I believe, in Houston, Texans, when Vrabel was there. Um, he's now free from his contract because he spent last year as the quarterback coach of the Carolina Panthers. They've officially let him go uh, now that they brought in the new staff with Frank Reich there. Ryan has coached running backs at the collegiate level. So although he didn't do it in Houston, he didn't do it with Vrabel. He's never done it at the NFL level. Probably wouldn't be a fish out of water considering he has coached it before at the college level. And then the current Texans running back coach, Danny Barrett. We don't know whether the D'Amico Ryans is going to retain him or not. Um, you know, Mike Vrabel did not work with Danny Barrett in Houston. Uh, Barrett arrived in Houston after Vrabel left for Tennessee. But worth noting that Tim Kelly did work with Danny Barrett in Houston. They, they were there together when Kelly was still in Houston. So uh, I think those two guys make sense to me. Um, I had speculated a couple others that they, they've crossed paths with, but I think Ryan and Danny Barrett probably make the most sense. I'll throw one last name out there that uh, Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon was the first one I saw suggest this guy, and that's DeMarco Murray, who was obviously a Tennessee Titan for two seasons. He's been the running backs coach at the University of Oklahoma since 2020. He stayed there on staff in that role when Lincoln Riley left for USC. So, you know, connections to the franchise, um, not, not necessarily super strong ones, but an interesting name also to keep an eye on. We'll see how that unfolds. The last name on the offensive side of the ball that I think, uh, well, it's the only one we haven't talked about yet, and maybe the most high-risk but potentially high ceiling and high reward is Jason who I don't know how to say this. And I don't think I said it right at the top of the show, but I'll give it my best go. Hoodling, hootling, howdling, Jason hootling. He's the new team's offensive line coach. And that, um, you know, obviously Keith Carter was there before Titans decide to go with somebody who hasn't done it before, as opposed to bringing in like a veteran coach in that regard. But Mike Vrabel said that his interview was one of the most impressive interviews he's ever conducted. So that's definitely worth, I think, you know, like 
we should we should accept that that means this could be a very good hire and not just say, well, he's never done it before. He doesn't know what he's doing. He must have impressed Mike Vrabel. Obviously, he did impress Mike Vrabel with some ideas or some coaching techniques that he brought up or who knows what necessarily it was. But I think that this could this could be one of those things we look back on in the middle of next season and say, look at the effect this new O-line coach is having on the team. So just for clarification, it's Jason uh, sorry, I messed up the first name there. Apparently, I need help with Jason. <laughs> it's uh, it's Jason Hoteling. 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 It's on the website. They've got it as H O Ho dash T A Tail dash I N G. So Jason Hoteling. Hoteling. Jason Hoteling. You're right. It is the most surprising one, right? And it's such an important position on this staff, right? Especially with the way the O-line played this past year. You and I have talked about it, so I won't get too much into it, but we thought under the current scheme, it, it's so it's it's so important to the success of the offense because that zone-based scheme, um, the, you know, the rules of how they have to operate with that O-line, it, it's big to the critical success um, of the offense. So it, it is a risk. It's a big role. He's stepping into a big role here. Um, obviously, as you said, Mike Vrabel was very impressed with him. We'll see how it works. I'm a little surprised they didn't go for a more proven candidate, but Vrabel saying it's the best interview he's done. I mean, that's that 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 that's high praise. So that that's really you know, w- without us knowing him too well, we'll have to see how he does. Vrabel feels very confident in him. Clearly, it's a big spot for him. Um, I'll quickly comment on Luke Steckel going from tight end to a run game analyst. I believe it is. Again, this is a guy that was a surprise offensive coordinator candidate with the Chargers earlier this offseason. Um, good to retain him. Obviously, he didn't get that job. Was probably a dark horse the whole time. Uh, but he's staying on staff here. He's now moving into a run game analyst role. Um, I. I don't know if that's better for him. I guess it, it is, but we talked about the pipeline from tight end coach to OC for the Titans. So I don't know um, if this helps him potentially become an OC, <laughs> uh, whether with the Titans or elsewhere down the line. Uh, but again, interesting to see them sort of shuffling the staff. He was a tight end coach, must have done a decent job last year. I thought Chig was terrific as a rookie, especially as a late round rookie. Uh, but here he is in a new role, run game analyst. Again, another role that they haven't employed in the past, to my knowledge, right? So you get Pat O'Hara in a passing game analyst role. You get uh, uh, Jason Hodling there at offensive line coach. And now you have uh, Luke Steckel at run game analyst. So certainly some interesting shifting going on here. All right, let's get to the defensive side of the ball and those quarterback rumors I mentioned earlier. But first, I think we should hit our beef of the week presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden. Uh, The best burgers, the best brats, the best beef in Nashville. Um, So our beef of the week this week, and I'll start again like I did last week because my beef of the week is with the New York Jets, and I have no rooting interest in the New York Jets. I just think what they're doing is questionable at best and awful at worst. (laughs) As you mentioned earlier, they've decided to hire Todd Downing in the role of passing game analyst. And my main beef here is that like there are tons of people out there who could potentially shine in a role like this in the NFL if they, you know, got a chance to do it. But instead, the Jets decide to hire a retread, failed offensive coordinator. He's failed in two stops now as offensive coordinator. He's got that DUI that happened just last season. It's like he almost gets to escape scot-free without pun. Obviously, he's got the legal punishment. But in terms of, like, his life, he's basically, it's like that never happened for him in terms of hiring. Like, you know, if I went in for a job interview and had a DUI on my record from, like, four months ago, they'd be like, get out of the interview, right? Like, but this guy, whatever, he's just... Um, so he's just going to be the pass game coordinator for a team that uh, doesn't really have a quarterback right now that is openly expressed that they like the owner has 
come out and said, we want to go get a veteran quarterback. Robert Sala has said, we are intending to go get a veteran quarterback, whether that means sign or trade. Now you got Keith Carter and you got Todd Downing on staff there. They hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator if you aren't in the loop fully with other teams. Is this a potential Ryan Tannehill trade target? It absolutely is, I think, right? And this is our beef of the week segment, but um, yeah, I, I certainly, and Hackett, if you're not familiar, runs the same offense, right? It's a zone-based system he learned under Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. So you've got a zone-based system in place. Um, you've got Keith Carter. I, like the Todd Downing hire, for me, it's, it's purely out of he knows the system. He knows what we're running. So let's bring in another mind into the room that knows what we're running. They got to go get a veteran quarterback. My gut tells me they probably aim a bit higher than Tannehill. I mean, I think owner Woody Johnson talked about Aaron Rodgers, like just well. Here's the thing: they're they're dreaming big, but there's a lot of speculation that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is a thing that could very much happen, and maybe it will. I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying it won't. I have heard some stuff at Super Bowl. I can't reveal where I heard this from. That leads me to believe this entire Aaron Rodgers trade thing is just Aaron Rodgers likes being in the news cycle. He likes people talking about how good he is and how he could go make a team amazing. I know for a fact that Devontae Adams, well, he admitted he was trolling, but that Devontae Adams never really wanted Rodgers to go to to Las Vegas, that he actually doesn't like Aaron Rodgers at all and just also <laughs> enjoys like stirring up his name in the media and stuff, and that most likely Aaron Rodgers will either retire or stay a Packer. That is like semi-inside info I got at the Super Bowl. So um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. Maybe the door's open for Tannehill. Maybe it's Jimmy Garoppolo. What other like high-level veteran options are there? Like it's those two it's guys Carr, and Derek Carr. Garoppolo or Tannehill Carr, probably. By the them. time this podcast comes out, Derek Carr is probably going to be a New Orleans Saint. We'll get into that again later in this episode. But uh, I don't know. That's, so that's my beef of the week is like stop hiring guys who failed, who aren't like necessarily good coaches. You can hire a pass game coordinator from one of the worst passing offenses in the league last year. Like give me a break 30, Jets. 30 <laughs> overall. <laughs> For my beef of the week, I, I, I guess I'm going to direct it at Mike Vrabel, but um, Eric B there's been a lot of rumors that he's going to interview for the Washington commanders offensive coordinator job and the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator job. If Eric B interviews for even one of those jobs and if Eric B takes one of those jobs. I think it'll be beyond ridiculous that the Titans did not wait to interview him and consider him a viable candidate for their job because you saw the game Kansas City called yesterday. Did you notice in the, in the, uh, Andy Reid's on the field, confetti's popping off. They asked him for his thoughts, and he said Eric Bieniemy called a great second half. That's what Andy Reid said as soon as the game ended. So we know what this guy is as a play caller and offensive coordinator. I know Andy Reid calls majority of plays there, but obviously Bieniemy's heavily involved. He immediately earned the praise of Andy Reid for the second half adjustments the Chiefs made. We're all biased. Look, I, I I don't think this Titan situation is great, but you can't sit here and tell me the Washington Commanders or Baltimore Ravens are in a much better position than Titans are right now offensively. No one knows what's happening with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Commanders are about to have another new starting quarterback for like the seventh year in a row, it feels like, right? It's They just keep failing on these Carson Wentz's, Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke. Now it's probably going to be Sam Howell. Maybe they go after I don't buy better. that for a second either, by the way. Sam Howell, you're not going to bring in – I mean, maybe he wins a competition, but they're just deciding right now before the draft, before free agency, that Sam Howell is your quarterback after he started, what, three, one game? A, a day three a rookie at that, right, yeah, last year. So <laughs> beef of the week's getting a little long-winded, but I think that's okay. I, I think the pharmacy will love it. 
it's crazy to me that uh, if Eric Bieniemy interviews with the Commanders or the Ravens, either one of them, I don't care which one it is, if he interviews with one of them, especially if he gets one of those jobs, I will be beyond stunned and very disappointed the Titans did not wait to interview Eric Bieniemy. Especially when I they fully agree. from within. Where was Tim Kelly going to go? You would have had time. Right, you would have yeah, had time. Does. So, stunning. and it's not like they want. It's not like they needed to make this hire right now. Like they could have waited eight more days or six more days or whatever to get that interview done. Anyway, so that is the beef of the week presented by the pharmacy, burger parlor, and beer garden. We're gonna work to wrap up this episode now because we're starting to run a little longer than we planned to. But we do need to talk about Chris Harris, who did at least three defensive coordinator <laughs> interviews, um, maybe more. Chris than Harris that. was hired by twenty-eight different teams for Titans. Officially, got to hire him. He was announced as the Titans defensive passing game analyst. And then it was like, unless he gets a defensive coordinator job. And he went and interviewed where he interviewed in Houston and a couple other places, San Francisco. That's right. So he, he was a hot name this cycle. He didn't get at those jobs. We were all watching every time one of those teams announced their defensive coordinator. It's like, all right, Chris Harris ain't going there. Titans might still get him. They eventually do. I don't know um, a ton about him either, except that, you know, you can look at Washington's, Uh, secondary stats and passing defense stats and see that they were pretty good the last few years. And the fact that he was so highly regarded, it's the same kind of deal that you were going on about with Charles London. Yes. I said earlier, Charles London was my favorite hiring. Then I went back on and said he was number two. because I remembered Chris Harris. This is my favorite hiring they made uh, here. Um, You look, you talk about what he did in the commanders. They had a, 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 you know, near a top ranked passing defense. Can you name me any cornerbacks on the Washington Commanders? Not a whole lot of big name superstars in that room. He did terrific work with them. Uh, you know, uh, young guys too. Benjamin St. Juice, um, uh, out of uh, formerly out of Minnesota, I believe, is where he played his college ball. He's come along nicely. They have a lot of success there with young secondary guys. Cameron Curl is really underrated safety. People don't talk about enough. I think Chris Harris did excellent work there. This is a huge get for Mike Vrabel. I imagine this is going to be a short stop, a one-year stop. I think Chris Harris will be a defensive coordinator for somewhere else in 2024. Needless to say, this is a great hire for Mike Vrabel. Look, it's a it's a defensive passing game coordinator, cornerback coach. He's he's doubling right as your corners coach. Not the end of the world, uh, you know, when you do eventually lose him. But it's a terrific addition for now. You again, I think you're only going to have him for a year. Really, really good hiring. Fully agree with what you said there. And also on the defensive side, we mentioned Lori Locust last week. We now know officially her title is defensive quality control coach, as is Justin Hamilton. So, you know, they'll grind tape and write up tendencies, and that'll that'll be the majority of their job. But hopefully the, those coaches will also add a good bit. I got one quick note on Justin Hamilton I want to add. One quick note, uh, 30 seconds or less here. Uh, anytime you're getting a defensive quality control coach that was a defensive coordinator at Virginia Tech, like this guy's not coming out of Wagner or Colgate, right? Like the fact that he held a DC job at a, a fairly big program and you get to bring him in as defensive quality control, that's very much a starting position job, right? In the NFL, um, I think that's a, a good sign for the Titans that you're getting a guy um, that's already been a DC at a high level school. Again, he wasn't a DC at a D2, D3 school. That would make more sense, right? Where that guy would have to be quality control. I think getting Justin Hamilton there um, probably signals a pretty big win for them as well. I agree. I'm glad you said that. That's, that's a great point. All right. We are now going to finish this episode up with some quarterback rumors because Ian Rappaport has been going on NFL Network every time he gets a chance to talk about where these quarterbacks will land this offseason. And every quarterback that he's talked about, the Titans have been named as a potential target. I'm talking about Tom Brady before he retired. We played the clip on this show earlier, uh, maybe it was January, but a a few weeks ago. And um, Ian Rappaport said the Titans would be 
a potential team that could be interested in Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo, well, set to be a free agent here. Apparently, Ian said that the Titans might be interested in Garoppolo. And now, on Monday, another video when uh, when he basically announced that the Raiders were planning to release Derek Carr after he wouldn't uh, approve any trade that they had worked out. They had a trade with the Saints totally worked out, and Derek Carr said, nah, I don't want to be traded. I want to be a free agent and go sign for my money. And so... Ian said there's a bunch of teams that could be interested and named the Titans again. Should the Titans sign Derek Carr? Should he not? I mean, if he doesn't end up being a New Orleans Saint, should the Titans sign Derek Carr? I'm going to go with no. Um, This is tough for me because I'll be honest. The way I look at this, do I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill? In all honesty, I do. And over the last few years, if you ask me to rank quarterbacks 1 through 32, I find I very often have Derek Carr around 15 or 16, and then I got Tannehill at like 17 or 18. So I think it's really close, but I do think Derek Carr is a better pure quarterback than Ryan Tannehill is. Where I have pauses, is he the right fit? I think if you're keeping this offensive system in place, I do not think Derek Carr is a better fit than Ryan Tannehill. With that said, if you, uh, we talked about Tim Kelly and the leeway. If you're allowing Tim Kelly to come in here and change the scheme up significantly, then I can see a scenario where Derek Carr becomes a better fit for your offense than Ryan Tannehill currently is. So uh, I, I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill if you're just going you know, apples to apples and you're comparing them as, as pure signal callers. But I, I, I do have serious questions about the fit in the front. It doesn't always get better. Right when guys move on, and I think you see that all the time. Russell Wilson from Seattle to Denver, it doesn't always get better. There's always a risk involved there. I'm very weary of that, so I lean towards no. I'm curious to hear your opinion. I also believe that it's not the right move. Like, here's my take on it if the Titans are going to go get a new quarterback to replace Ryan Tannehill, shoot for the freaking moon, trade up in the draft. Give up whatever it takes. If you identify a guy as your potential franchise quarterback that can, you know, compete with the likes of Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, like, you know, if he if you see a guy having the potential to be that good, then make a move for him. But if you're just going to go get Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, then you might as well stick with a guy who knows your system, who loves his team, whose teammates love him, who's a tough son of a bitch, who you know is going to give it everything he's got, who's a great leader in the locker room, leader of the offense. Like, why are you going to switch it up for a, for a player who's about the same quality of player? If you're going to switch it up, it's because you're going to get the next guy that you think can lead the franchise to a Super Bowl. Whether or not you think Ryan Tannehill can do that. Like, if you don't think Ryan Tannehill can win a Super Bowl in Tennessee, then you don't think Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo can win a a Super Bowl in Tennessee because you know more about the quarterback when when they're that level of quarterback the supporting cast the coaching staff matters way more than whether it's Carr Garoppolo Tannehill so yeah. to me it's like it's a cool it's cool the Titans are mentioned in the news but like other than that this is totally nothing to me and I don't think honestly the Titans would even have interest for all the reasons I just stated I largely agree with you. I think the most important thing you said there, it's like it very much feels like a sideways move that carries way more potential to go wrong than right. Like, you know what Ryan Tannehill is in this system for this franchise, for this team. We've seen what Derek Carr is as a quarterback. And again, even if I think Derek Carr is a slightly better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, I think there's way more risk involved that you bring him here and he's not as good here as Ryan Tannehill has been here. So I respect... You know, 
looking over every possibility at quarterback. I think they should be doing that, but I have a very hard time believing that Derek Carr would be the one that's going to move the needle for them. I, I fully agree. All right. I think that will do it for this episode of the Music City Audible. Thanks out there to everyone for tuning in and listening all the way through. Thanks to the Pharmacy, Burger Parlor, and Beer Garden. Remember to check out the Pharmacy. Tell them the Music City Audible sent you. Be like Justin's dentist. Was it your dentist? I forgot. My chiropractor. Be like Justin's chiropractor and go to the pharmacy in Nashville. Tell them the Music City Audible sent you. You will not regret it. And make sure you're following Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow me at Titans Film Room, reminding you all to check out BroadwaySportsMedia.com and sign up today to become a Broadway insider. I've got an article on Broadway right now that just published on Monday about the use of the franchise tag. I looked at uh, David uh, David Long and Nate Davis. I broke down all the tag numbers for you. I've you know essentially got my hands on those numbers. This is what it would cost to tag these positions players. I even explained to you what each tag means and the likelihood of the Titans using that tag on specific players. Only two real candidates this year in David Long and Nate Davis become a Broadway insider. That article is only available to Broadway insiders. I think you'll find some really good, useful information in there. All the more reason to become a Broadway insider. Nice. So check out that and all the other content Broadway Sports Media has to offer. All right. Until next week, when we finally will have a chance to get into some Titans needs, some what should they re-sign this guy or that guy, and look ahead to free agency, because I think that'll be it for Titans news outside of a running backs coach, which they will be hiring. And maybe we'll be able to talk about that for five minutes next week. But for the most part, it's finally time to get into how to improve this team for the next season now that the Super Bowl has wrapped and the coaching staff has been mostly set. Uh, So come back next week for that. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.